1: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement Due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com
2: diving deep into the red Sox, it's a red Sox review here's brian barrett on weei here's the pitch and he swings and misses at an inside slider, and the ball game is over. The Pirates take the finale of the series, snapping a three-game Red Sox win streak. Final Pittsburgh eight,
3: Boston two. All right, welcome in. We're taking you all the way up until midnight after the Red Sox lose to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They do take two and three in the series, but you really did feel like the Red Sox needed to sweep this one. So if you don't want to weigh in on Josh Winkowski's piss-poor performance, that's on the table. Austin Davis, how much longer can they keep this guy around? All that on the table at 617-779-7937. I do want to start with Josh Winkowski because here is the reality of where we're at. Now, I feel burnt by Winkowski because I was buying into him. You look at his AAA numbers, he gets a ton of ground balls. Well, He hasn't been doing that lately. And, yes, he does get some ground balls, but he gets no swings and misses. We saw that tonight. And not to mention the fact he gives up a ton of rockets. Rockets all over the place for this guy. And if you look at Winkowski tonight, it's the same crap. The guy cannot miss a bat. He refuses to do so. And he gives up rockets. And this is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, look, I understand it. He was not supposed to be pitching in this game. It was supposed to be Nathan Evaldi. He's dealing with a trap issue, so he can't go, so you have to go with Winkowski. And Winkowski was absolutely atrocious tonight. Quite frankly, that was an unprofessional outing. You look at him tonight 15.8% whiff rate. So that means how often a guy was swinging at his pitches and whiffing 15.8%. And just to put that into context, it's horrible. That's absolutely atrocious. 38 swings, six whiffs. Think about that. You would think it would at least be 12, six, okay? And if you look across the league, the guy that's last among qualified starters, Marco Gonzalez, is at 17.9. Tonight, Winkowski's at 15.8. On the season, Winkowski's at 15.9%. And look, I understand that you don't have to be a big-time strikeout guy to be successful in this league. Look at a guy like Framber Valdez, one of the best pitchers in the American League. He's not a high strikeout guy. He gets a ton of ground balls. But occasionally, you got to be able to miss a bat. And this guy cannot miss a bat. He will not miss a bat. And tonight, quite frankly, that was an unprofessional outing from Winkowski. You look at what he did there to start out that game. Bottom of the first inning. Newman, or I should say bottom of the first inning. I'm looking at my stuff from last night with Rich Hill, who Rich Hill was able to bounce back after the first inning. You cannot say the same thing about Winkowski tonight. Bottom of the first inning after the Newman single. Reynolds homers, cutter, top of the strike zone. Just brutal location, brutal pitch at 88.2 miles an hour. Reynolds absolutely clobbers that thing. It's two to nothing. Then later on in the game, Gamble doubles on a four seamer to make it a four to nothing game. Pitch was poorly located. This is a story for Winkowski. See, here's the problem. When you can't get swings and misses, you have got to be so perfect with your location. And Winkowski did that for about four to five games. But ever since that point in time, this guy is just a non entity. And unfortunately, because of Aldi's not there, you got to pitch Winkowski. And one other thing I'll say real briefly, as it pertains to Winkowski on the big club right now, I and Bloom better hope that De La Rosa down there, who's like 20 years old, is an unbelievable pitcher. Because basically what you did when you traded away Andrew Benintendi, you traded away two, le- two years rather of a major league outfielder for this guy. Okay. And Franchi Cordero. Those are the two guys that have played in the Benintendi trade. And I get it. This is about long term sustainability. We have to wait on a guy like De La Rosa. But right now, trading away a good outfielder, you got Jack. You got absolute crap for Andrew Benintendi up till this particular point in time. Not nearly good enough. All these trades that Hein Bloom has made have hurt the big league club. You cannot deny that. Ever since he took over, he has hurt the big league team. There's no way around it. We don't have to go into the Mookie trade. We've done that at nauseam. But even the Renfro trade, and I get it. People did not like Renfro last year during the postseason. He was atrocious. He did hit 30 home runs. When you trade for guys like David Hamilton and Alex Pinellas and you take on Jackie's contract, we're all fine with that in a vacuum. But you need to replace that guy. And you didn't do it until Tommy Pham at the trading deadline. So I just look at all these moves that Heimblum has made. It's really tough to justify that he has been trying to help the major league team as much as he possibly can. He has been more focused on 2024 and 2025. And look, tonight, if Bayo is healthy, he gets the opportunity. So maybe it's a different story. But Winkowski, I can't watch him pitch anymore. I can't. I hope and Alex Cora said the Evaldi thing, not a major issue. He's going to make his next start, which is Tuesday night against the Toronto Blue Jays, which is great because no more Winkowski. Can't do it. Trying to make the playoffs, cannot pitch this guy anymore. And it's not Cora's fault. Who else is he supposed to pitch? He doesn't have another starter. It's not like he could just randomly say, hey, tomorrow night, let's see who's pitching. Let's put you up there, and we'll get you going on a couple of days rest. Like, no, you're not going to pitch a guy on four days rest. You can't say, hey, Walkie, you pitched on Sunday. I know you're scheduled to pitch on Saturday, but why don't you pitch on Thursday? Or Crawford, you're scheduled to pitch on Friday, but we're going to move you up till Thursday. There's nothing he can do about it. He had to start Winkowski, and the other thing is the lineup didn't hit tonight. They woke up last night. They hit the ball well. Tonight, they didn't hit the ball against a guy in Brutebaker that's not good. Brutebaker on the season has been not a good pitcher whatsoever. You look at him tonight. In fact, you look at this guy Brubaker. I I don't know what the hell got into him. Would have liked him to chill. And his stuff wasn't bad tonight. On the season, right-handed hitters were hitting 324 against his sinker. Well, tonight, Brubaker's sinker was not getting touched 21 swings, 7 whiffs, that's 33%, 13 more called strikes, 49% of his sinkers were either called strikes or whiffs on the season, righties were hitting three twenty-four against it. So the Red Sox lineup didn't show up either. Before we go any further, let's hear from the manager, Alex Cora.
4: Got a good fastball, good slider, we didn't make adjustments, uh, you know, we didn't put pressure on him, uh, you know, from pitch one, he was on the attack and... We we kept swinging, and uh, you know, obviously we expanded the zone with him, and you know, he he pitched his seven innings. How surprising, disappointing is that? You know, after the you know after the what you saw yesterday, and what you know with with the ability to. I mean, win. it's gonna happen, right? But uh, you know, we we are better than this, and uh, you know, I think well, we. We didn't swing strikes. That's the bottom line. We didn't, we didn't uh, you know, they used their breaking stuff the whole series, and uh, it was going to happen today again, and he did a good job using it. And then against lefties, it was a different story. He had that 2 simmer in, running in, uh, you know, with two strikes. It was a tough one sometimes up. You know, usually back in the day, it was, like, front hip. Now it's, like, front shoulder or something, you know, it's up in the zone. But uh, he had good stuff. He had good stuff, and, uh, you know, um, we didn't do uh, much today. Alex, given you know where you guys are and how much time left, kind of you know, these are the kind of games you can't afford. I well, mean, we're not going to win every game either. You know, it's going to happen, and uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing. We hate losing, but you know, we took two out of three. Now we got Baltimore, we got Tampa, and Toronto, right? And now, now, now you got to win series. You know, now, you know, to gain ground, these are the teams that they're ahead of us. Um, we did a good job here. You know, obviously, eh, you know, today wasn't great, but. You see the positive, two out of three. Now you got to get ready for uh, Baltimore. You know, you win that series, you win the next one, you win the next one, you're in a good place. So um, it's it's time to go. You know, we're playing good baseball. Today wasn't great, but overall, the last two have been solid. What do you see in terms of Winkowski's stuff? Yeah, I mean it was okay. Um, you know, Reynolds he, he did damage, uh, you know, hit the ball in the air to right field, uh the ball that Gamel hit the other way, uh three two count. So, you know, he got he got hit, you know, in, in certain counts, you know. I think it was three oh, I think at one point uh, the 3-2. Fastball was off the play, but he went the other way. So, um, I mean, he struggled tonight, but gave us five, and uh, AD did a good job, you know, towards the end, gave us three. So, you know, we, we were looking to reset the bullpen at, at some point. It wasn't this way, but we are able to do it and we we're ready for tomorrow. We did not ask before the game. Nate, is, Nate looks like a ghost still for Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could, you, could you tell early that, you know, the approach wasn't good, that they weren't? Yeah, the first inning, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the first pitch of the game, You know, it was a cold strike. Uh, We thought it was was something else, but we swung a lot of pitches out of the strike zone. You know, we talk about it, but after that, he was closer to his own. The first inning, we we swung a lot of pitches out of the zone, I think. uh, Out of the 10, 12, whatever, 9, only 3 were in the zone. We expanded, and, um, you know, I think uh, it it was good for him. Kind of like feeling good about himself, and then his stuff started playing. The way you guys have been going lately, I think you had one hit through whatever it was, five or six innings. That's unlike what you've been doing lately. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, you know, we when you don't swing strikes, that's how it happens. And, you know, he's did a good job with them. This has been, you know, expanding has been an issue a, a number of times this year. Also, you know, you go through a series without a home run. Like, is there, you know, do you, is this just who, you know, and from an identity standpoint, offensive identity standpoint, like, is this – who you are and just kind of work within that or is this? I mean, Alex, how many games have we played already? We don't have too many home runs. You know, we hit a lot of doubles. So this is who we are, you know, and to score runs, we hit the ball in the gap. We have to run the base as well. We have to control the strike zone. You know, it's 119 games already. So, you know, um, the numbers are the numbers. There's 43 more games in the season, you know, and uh, we got to find ways to score runs. And I don't think it's going to be through the uh, through a home run.
3: All right. That was Alex score after the game. A little spicy there at the end. So we are. Yeah, they don't hit a lot of home runs. JD doesn't hit home runs. Bogarts doesn't hit home runs. What is the manager supposed to say? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number, if you want to react to anything the manager had to say. Let's get to Ken. He's in California. What's going on, Ken?
5: What's going on, Ken? Hey, Brian. Sorry you had to witness this as your last uh, game on this
3: channel. <laughs> um,
5: yeah. Here's the thing. He gave us five, but he gave them six.
3: <laughs> yeah you're right about Are that you
5: tired of hearing alex cora with uh he gave us five he gave us five that's nonsense and and here's the other thing the other thing is schwarber and renfro 55 home runs yep 55 yep. home runs
3: uh
5: You know what? Yeah, they never replaced that, Ken.
3: That's the problem. They never replaced those guys. And look, if you're going to move on from players like that, there's got to be replacements at the big league level, and that's something that Bloom certainly ignored this offseason. He didn't factor. I don't know why he didn't factor it in. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And they really, they didn't get a third outfielder as a starting outfielder until the trading deadline. I mean, that's just front office malpractice for a team that was two wins away from a World Series. There's no way around it. I mean, that's embarrassing.
5: Oh, 100%. And as far as Davis is concerned, his nickname should be DFA.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what he does well. He can't throw strikes. When he does throw strikes, he gets absolutely pounded. He sucks, Ken. There's no way around it. He absolutely blows. I mean, there's no way this guy can be. A, and the problem is they don't have a lefty. I mean, hopefully, I mean, when they get strong no. back, it's going to be a huge lift for this team. And I have some numbers that are actually frightening to see what the lefties have done in the Red Sox bullpen since Stroman on the injury list—it's—it's it's bad. I mean, it's actually it's worse than bad. But it's another thing, Ken. The bullpen. Look, they were relying on Josh Taylor, and I, that's an unfortunate situation that he could just never return. But the bullpen has been an issue all season long. I mean, I give Barnes and I give Sal Amora, and I give Brazier credit, and I give Schreiber credit. But right now. When those guys aren't pitching with the injury to Hulk, with Schreiber starting to wear down, there's just the bullpen has been an issue all season long. And it was an issue tonight, although it's not going to matter anyway because you're going to get blown out. But you don't have a lefty. The Boston Red Sox don't have a lefty in their bullpen right now. I mean, that's a joke.
5: It it is a joke. And and, and the other thing is that, um, you know, as far as the bullpen is concerned, um, you had to make you had to take Cutter Crawford and make him a star in your rotation. What does that say about it? Nothing against Crawford; he's done a great job.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think Ken, I give them credit for finding the right role for Crawford because he didn't look like a big league pitcher when he was coming out of the bullpen. So I think I give them credit on that. Crawford's been really good.
5: Yeah, and and you know the sad part about it is, I mean. And look who you got to depend on every fifth day, Roth, rich over the hill.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I mean
5: it just,
3: it's it's horrendous.
5: Yeah, this it's just, is it, time bloom at his worst. Yeah, maybe I mean, at his best, and that's scary.
3: Yeah. Every time, Ken and I appreciate the call, my friend, and the kind words and calling as always. His lines open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It's just unfortunate because every time you felt like they were turning a corner, this is a game you need to win against a Pittsburgh Pirates team that is trying to lose baseball games. You need to find a a way to win this game tonight. And two things. Your lineup doesn't come out ready to go, and your starting pitcher was flat-out atrocious. The Pittsburgh Pirates are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. They are absolutely horrible. And Josh Winkowski couldn't get these guys out tonight. If you think about it on the season, and you look at this Pirates team. We all know that Eck was, what do you call him, a hodgepodge of nothingness the other day. This team, the Pirates, came into tonight hitting 220, 29th in Major League Baseball. They went 7 for 22. That's three eighteen tonight against Winkowski. They averaged just 3.60 runs per game, 28th in Major League Baseball. They had six and five innings off of Winkowski. It's just not good enough. He's not a good enough pitcher right now. He's not a major league pitcher. There's no way around it. He is not a major league pitcher. 617 779 7 the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on this one, what do you make of this team going forward? And have you seen enough of Josh Winkowski? 617 779 7 the number. Brian Barrett with you on EI. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending
2: on WEI.
3: All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Well, the Sox were going for the sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates, but Josh Winkowski had other ideas as he was absolutely clobbered tonight. Winkowski, five innings, seven hits, six earned, two home runs. <laughs> he, he had two. He gave up two home runs, and he had two strikeouts. I mean... You can't make this crap up. The guy is absolutely atrocious right now. He is just, he's not good. (laughs) There's no way around it. Austin Davis, not much better. The one good thing, I do agree with Core on this. They got to reset the bullpen. So the big guns on this team will be able to go tomorrow because (laughs) Austin Davis went out there and he got his ass kicked three innings and he gave up two earned runs. Another walk for Austin Davis. Now he did settle in and have a couple of strikeouts, but his first inning was bad. And this is what we've seen all season long from Davis. Just not consistent enough. He tends to walk the ballpark, although somehow only one walk tonight. But it's been an issue for him all season long. Paul four has. Not much from the offense either. Five for 30 in the game tonight. Alex Verdugo did have a hit. He continues to say, Huddy, was one for four. Reese McGuire a hit. Bobby back a hit. Tommy Pham a hit. But not much consistency from this offense tonight. And after they walked seven times last night, just two walks tonight. All right, well, the Sox and the Orioles open up a three-game set tomorrow night. In Baltimore. The first two games of that series in Baltimore, then they play the Little League game on Sunday night at Williamsport. So tomorrow night, 605 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network, Shaws and Star Market Perfecting the Art of Fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 605. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at VisitMA.com. Good news is Cutter Crawford on the mound tomorrow. The Orioles have a bunch of bad pitchers thrown over the weekend, but we'll see if the Red Sox can do anything against that team. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.
2: This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. You talk about a no name liner. I, I,
3: there's no team like this. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. That was Zach the other night, unfortunately. That hodgepodge of nothingness beat the Red Sox tonight. 617-779-7937, the number. Oh, by the way, I did promise you those numbers. So, Matt Strom, the last time he pitched for the Red Sox, was on the 12th of July. Now, he's making his way back, which is a good thing because the Red Sox could certainly use him. Here are the Red Sox numbers from left-handed relievers since Strom's last appearance, which came on the 12th of July. 1495 ERA. That's 30th in baseball during that stretch. The Cardinals are 29th during that stretch at 841. Think about that. (laughs) The Red Sox are six runs worse. They're six runs worse from an ERA perspective than the team that's 29th. Okay, since Strom's last appearance on 7 12, opponents are hitting 367 with a 492 on base percentage and a 653 slugging percentage against Red Sox lefty relievers. <laughs> you cannot make this up. They have a 268 whip since the 12th, 30th in baseball. Davis is horrible. Darwinson Hernandez was up for a little bit. He's horrible. Not a major league pitcher. And Walkman was traded at the deadline on, what, the 2nd of August. He was horrible. Those are your left-handed relievers. (laughs) Unbelievable job by Bloom putting together this bullpen. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Danny, who's in a car. What's up, Danny?
7: Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. First and foremost, I can speak for all of us baseball radio fans in New England. We appreciate the uh, analytic, analytical part of the game that uh, you've opened our eyes to. Um, so thank you for that, and we're gonna miss you.
3: Thank you, Danny. Hey, well, man, don't I'll still be around. You, I got a podcast coming out the day uh, the day of the Williamsport game Sunday night. I'll have a podcast out on Spotify and the Ringer. So make sure to check it out right after the Sox and the Orioles.
7: And we are. If I can make a couple quick points too, sure. this: forty-three games remaining after tonight. 34 of those games remaining are teams ahead of us in the wild card. Okay. Two out of three, they have a shot. I just don't think they have the ponies to finish the race.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Danny. I was feeling encouraged by some of the stuff that we're seeing the past couple of nights from the Braziers, the Barneses of the world, the Salamore's of the world. But a night like tonight from the offense just has you really feeling discouraged about this team going forward because they're capable of this type of night against a bad pitcher. Brubaker's not a good pitcher. I mean, this is as bad as Winkowski was. This is an unacceptable performance from the offense. This cannot happen in a game where you know that you're probably going to have to put up crooked numbers because Winkowski's not a good pitcher and you're not going to have a Valde, You got to be better than that from an offensive perspective. Cora said it after the game, chasing way too many pitches out of the zone, which has been something that. Has been an issue for this team all season long. When they struggle, they usually expand the strike zone, and they certainly did that tonight.
7: If I can finish with, I don't think Haim's going anywhere for a real long time. As a matter of fact, I think Haim is here, um, and maybe the Red Sox ownership is thinking about selling in the new, you know, the next few years and diversifying a little more. Um, but I don't think he's going anywhere. So all these you know, pundits that are going to talk about it over the next two years. Uh, you know, fire, heim, fire, heim. You know, it ain't happening. He's going nowhere. What yeah. do you think?
3: Well, I think, Danny, the big one is going to be this off season. Right, because the trading deadline is one thing. And, look, he added Pham, which, I mean, he was late to the party on that. They needed that type of player prior to the season, and Pham wanted to be here. He told the Boston Globe that. Heim didn't pull the trigger quick enough on that. He finally got a major league first baseman. So I'm not giving him a ton of credit for the deadline, but I do think he's going to be judged by this offseason because they have got to find a way to get something done with Rafael Devers. And if he doesn't get something done with Rafael Devers, then he's put this organization in a real bad position. Because of the fact that Devers is now in the Mookie situation, where he's one year away from hitting free agency. So at this particular point in time, the ownership group has got to look at the Devers thing, too, and say, wait, hold on. Why are we at this point with this player? You came in here after his 2019 season when the kid hit 54 doubles. Everybody except, I guess, Heim Bloom saw that this guy was going to be a star in Major League Baseball. And you didn't offer him a contract extension then because if you offered him a deal then, he's still four years away from free agency, and he may take a yep. team-friendly deal. Now, yep. what Heimblum has done, to your point, Danny, about the team and the business aspect of all this, he's cost the owners more money with Devers. That's the reality. If you want to keep Rafi— It costs them five, 10 more, five or ten more million a year. The it,
7: price just keeps going up with yes. the
3: And, Danny, here's the problem. Either way— Bloom cost the Red Sox ownership money with Devers. Because if he leaves, well, then that affects your bottom line, people coming to the ballpark, because you just lost one of the best players in the sport. And if the team sucks, I'm telling you, the attendance is going to feel it. And the other portion is, well, if you do get a deal done, you're paying him more than you otherwise would have. I mean, look at all these guys that Atlanta got signed. Look at Alvarez with Houston, because you go to these guys early. I give the Red Sox credit, Danny with the Mookie Betts thing they went to him 3 times at least they tried now you right. can argue he and didn't you can yeah and you and even if you say okay well maybe you should have just given him this this and okay even if you disagree with the Red Sox trading Mookie Betts at least they went to him early on in his tenure here and offered him deals they never did that crap with Devers until this offseason and when they did it it was a disrespectful offer i mean it's unbelievable the incompetence of this guy with his offers mm.
7: Agreed. Thanks for everything, my friend. We appreciate it the last couple of years. Really, we're going to miss you.
3: Thank you, Danny. That's very nice of you to say. I appreciate that, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. By the way, just so everybody knows, I'm going to have a podcast coming out Sunday night after the Red Sox and the Orioles. You can get it on Spotify. You get it on all your podcast services. I'll still be talking a ton of Red Sox. So make sure to follow... Off the Pike with Brian Barrett on Spotify. It's out right now. The trailer's out, so I encourage you to go there. Let's get to Steve in Centerville. What's up, Steve?
2: Yeah, Brian, I just, uh, you know, I know I sound like a broken record here, but uh, and I know you're not dead, man, but I got to say, you know, you got great people skills, man. I mean, how you deal with like the idiotic callers, myself included, sometimes. I mean, you woke me up off my bed once, man, when I was sleeping, and you were like, "Steve, wake up." <laughs> you're just cool, man. You're just cool. Well, I appreciate. So that, I wish Steve. you the best. Thank I, you. I hope you come back and do do live radio at some point because you're so good at it.
3: I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you very much. All right. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Let's get to Jonathan. He is in Brookline tonight. Jonathan, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
0: I'm good. Well, to be honest, if we look at this game, what do we really learn? Coming in, we knew Austin Davis absolutely is a terrible pitcher. We knew Josh Winkowski is absolutely terrible. So what did we really learn? Like, in terms of Josh Winkowski, this guy does not have a good pitch. He throws the sinker forty point eight percent of the time. Opponents are hitting three thirty three against him, and their hard hit percentage of forty eight point nine. He, his other like three minor pitches, where he, which he only throws ten percent of the time, they're getting hit three oh eight opponent batting average, three fifty 350, and three fifty four respectively. So like this guy is terrible, and it's not like one where like we, he needs to be sent down so he can work on his pitches. This guy doesn't have good stuff. That's the bottom line. He's never going to be a good pitcher in the MLB.
3: I'm with you, so, Jonathan. I agree, I agree with you on that. I have a question for you. Yes. Okay. So, did you send anything over to Ken Laird yet? Because Foe is already complaining about having to work too much. So
0: I sent Ken, I sent Ken Laird an email with um, a request for an internship. He has not got back to me. We'll see what happens there. But Ken has not got back to me. Hopefully, he will, and we'll see what happens
3: from there. All right. Awesome. I'll put in a good word for you, Jonathan. Yes, please.
0: Can we just also talk about the big hitters in the Red Sox lineup since sure. August first? I'm, I'm talking JD, I'm talking Devers, and I'm talking Bogarts. Since August first, 192 batting average, 124 yes. isolated power, and 310 slugging. So how do you expect to make a run when these guys are terrible? Yep. We know JD is going to be terrible. He frankly is a bad hitter this year. That's the fact of the matter. Devers and Bogarts step it up because they need these guys <laughs> down the stretch. Because Fact of the matter, we don't have a lefty relievers. We just don't. Since this is actually a crazy stat. Since August first, the lefty relievers, the opponent batting average is four eighty one. That's thirtieth in the league. The next worst team is the Cincinnati Reds. At 381. So there's a 100 batting average difference between the 29th worst team and the Red Sox yeah. in terms of lefty relievers. That's embarrassing.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Jonathan. The problem is, I mean, the only solution you have is Matt Strom. That's it. I mean, How because the rest of these options, I mean, you, Darwinson sucks, Austin Davis sucks. You really don't have another option and we all know Walkman is now With the Chicago White Sox, you really legitimately don't have a lefty outside of Matt Strom. And even Strom, he's fine. He's not great. But you really don't have a left-handed reliever. It's a real issue for this team all season long. Jonathan, appreciate the call, my friend. Thanks. All right. Give me a hell yeah. (laughs) His line's open at 617-779-7937. All right, so Ken hasn't gotten back. I know Ken's on vacation, but he hasn't gotten back to Jonathan yet. That's my guy. Love how he recites all those stats. I love it. And he mentioned since August 1st how bad the left-handed relievers have. I told you earlier in the show, since Strom went down, their ERA is nearing 15 in terms of left-handed relievers. It's an issue for this team. 617 779 7937 7 the number. Let's get to Johnny's in a car. What's up, John?
2: Hey, let's get uh, let's get Coop and that kid, Jonathan, uh, to fill in for you for the rest of the season. I would be. Uh, it's
3: an interesting duo. Uh, those guys. It's an interesting yeah, that duo. Yeah,
2: I, I would. I would be, uh, I would be up for listening to that, Brian. A pleasure to talk to you tonight. Uh, although, uh, I'm, um, it's, I think it's apropos that the Red Sox are shutting you off uh, tonight with this uh, terrible, uh, terrible game. You know, <laughs> especially this season. Hey, <laughs> so probably right. Hey, let's stick it to him one last time. You know, there, we've talked a lot about the, the, uh, the, the faults of uh, High and Bloom. I, you know, for the past two years, I have been a big uh, Nick Pavetta fan, and I think that he has been really misused a lot by this organization, but you look at it more and more this year, like essentially they asked him to be the number two or number three, considering like, okay, didn't start the year with sale. You know that, um, uh, you know, Evaldi can't go through an entire year. So he's, you know, Pavetta is going to have to bump up to the, to the two eventually, or, or be the one guy. Like he was the ace at times this year. And he wasn't a very good ace, but like, my point is, he is a good three or four pitcher in the, in, the, in the starting rotation. Yeah, But he gets forced to be two, you know, one, two, or three, and then behind him you have a, a myriad of nothingness in terms of four and five. I mean, Rich, Rich Hill, God bless him. Like The Rays gave him up to the Mets last year who had burned through about nine million pitchers, and then the Mets didn't even want him back this year. So like that's how yeah. much of a castoff he was. I mean, I, I guess you found something almost decent in Waka, but like, like yeah, he threw spaghetti against the wall to hopefully find a starter like a starter for four and five, and he didn't, and it it hugely impacted the pitching staff. Well, and John, to your point, Ritlock, J- you know?
3: John, to your point, as well as Waka has pitched when he pitches, he's only made fourteen starts. Everybody knew that this right. guy had an injury. He's great when he's on the mound. I love watching a pitch. He's really good. But the problem is his resume is bearing itself out. What he's done for his career is he suffers a lot of injuries, and we saw it this year. So as great as he's been, you only got it for 14 starts so far. That's an issue. When you're putting together a rotation, you get all these guys with injury history, and a guy in Rich Hill that's like 90. I mean, it's going to hurt you.
2: Absolutely, you know, and as much as I am going to keep my fingers crossed for some competitive baseball, I just, and realistically, looking at who's left up there, like I think the Rays and the Twins, sorry, the Rays and the Blue Jays are just going to go back and forth. They just kind of, you know, nobody's going to knock each other out, and I don't see the Twins really faltering much down the stretch here at all. Looking at their uh, their schedule, so you know, it's it's yeah, pretty and much Seattle especially definitely with.
3: Seattle definitely isn't falling with, out with just House. because that oh, division yeah. is crap. So they're And they yep. got Castillo, who's a stud, which I do like that they got Castillo and not the Yankees because Montas sucks for them right now. So I do like that. That's the only positive right now.
2: Right. Got my Celtics, Brian. Looking forward to hearing you uh, throughout the winter. I already subscribed to uh, Across the Pike or whatever it's called, so I'm looking forward to it. Buddy. Thank
3: you, John. I appreciate best it, of, man.
2: Best of luck.
3: All right. Thanks, brother. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Yeah, we'll have a lot of podcasts coming up in the first week. I'll tell you that. So, Sunday night will be the first one drops after the Orioles-Red Sox series. Let's get to John. He is in Montana. What's going on, John?
8: Hey, Brian. How's it going?
3: I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Uh,
8: I'm doing well. Um, Congratulations on your uh, next endeavor, the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm a first-time caller, and um, I figured, uh, you know, this is your last night doing this. Uh, I haven't heard you talk for a while. I've been listening to you for for, uh, quite a while this year. And um, what about Alex Cora? Um, Given that, you know, things that you've pointed out, like no lefties in the bullpen, uh, nobody to hit homers uh, to replace Schwarber or Winfroh. No first baseman pretty much all season until we got yep. Hosmer. Uh, injuries to Chris Sale. Yep. I think uh, let's hope Heim Bloom doesn't get uh, ideas about trading away Cora. I think Alex Cora has done a rather amazing job. Oh, I agree with you, you on know, that, John. Horses, I agree with you on that. No, there's,
3: there's no chance that Cora is going to be fired. The only way that Cora wouldn't be the manager no, I, here next year. Was... Yeah, I mean, the only way Cora okay, wouldn't be the no. manager here is if he didn't want to. I mean, High <laughs> Bloom his yeah. his approval rating, <laughs> like, John. Who would blame him? Right. I mean, I wouldn't, quite frankly, based on the way that the organization has been run. But just think about this: his approval rating, him being High Bloom, is pretty damn low right now with the fan base. Can you imagine what it would be like if he fired Cora, a guy that brought this team a World Series in '18, a guy that brought this team two wins away from a World Series last year? I mean, there would be a mutiny.
8: Yeah, Roger that. I was I was being facetious. I was. Uh, exaggerating a little but John, bit, John. To, to, to your point, I wanted to emphasize that Cora's.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, John. To your point, he may be like, "Wait, hold on. I want to win. I'm one of the best tactical managers in the game. Is this how we're going to keep going here? So, if anything, I could see Cora wanting. And I don't. I, I, I'm not predicting this. I mean <laughs> that this would happen, but I could see Cora getting frustrated with the outlook of the organization.
8: Sure. I think he's done an excellent job. I, that's that's mainly my point. Uh, I, agree. I I'm impressed with, with what he's done this year overall.
3: I agree with you, John, and there's been – I appreciate the call and the kind words, my friend. There's been a lot of issues in terms of players being upset with the front office. He's dealing with all these guys that have contractual situations going on. This has not been an easy year to manage the Boston Red Sox. There's no way around that. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you all the way up. Until midnight. By the way, I've said this on multiple occasions. If Rafael Devers is not re-signed by the Red Sox, I'm out. I will give up my fanhood on this team. There's no way around that. I, I, I What are we doing if we don't sign Rafael Devers long-term? That's what you got to ask yourself if you're Bloom in the ownership group. And sorry, you put yourself in a bad position by not negotiating earlier. That's not Devers' fault. That's your fault. Should have already gotten a deal done with this guy. Okay? So if that happens... I'm out. You don't get Devers signed, I'm out. You move on from Cora, I'm out. 617-779-7937, the number. So if you want to weigh in on the loss tonight, do you have any belief in this team going forward, that's all on the table at 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you here on EI.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
1: Medela, the mark of a fighter.
2: Austin Red Sox, this is Red Sox Review on WEEI.
3: All right, Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight, 617-779-7937, the number. If you want to wait in on the loss tonight, this team going forward, all that on the table at 617-779-7937. Let's get to Wally, who is in fall. River, Wally, how are you? Yeah,
9: I'm I don't know, Brian. I thought we were going to hammer this guy tonight, Brubaker. Yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Like I said, we seem to beat the good, the good pitches, but the ones that stinks, we can't do nothing against. You know, a lot of wild <laughs> swings. But yep. as far as High and Bloom, he's probably got his communion money and his paper boy money still under his mattress. We all know him by now. We know how he operates. <laughs> but uh, you look at the race, they tied up Wanda Franco early. Yeah. But they give him 100 million, $180 million for 10 years. I mean, all these salaries are going up, Brian. You don't realize that. What's Otani and Judge going to get? $400 million. Soto turns down 450 So Rafi's going to be in about $325 million range. Right.
3: So, well, I, mean, I don't why? know. Just look like at like I said, raves. you can flip a coin. Look at the Braves; they just signed Harris yesterday, who's young. Right, right.
9: You can't, you can't wait with these guys. The the price keeps going up. Uh, Even if the Angels hang on to Otani, you're going to have three guys: Trout, Rendon, and Otani. What are they going to make? Nine hundred million dollars? You're going to give the three players. You know, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's the way it is. These guys are going to hit the jackpot. I mean, you you look at Dwight Evans. Is Dwight Evans is Soto better than Dwight Evans? I mean. Duby played, what, play what, 17 years for the Red Sox? I don't think he was ever on a disabled list or they had any issues with him. But uh, these guys are raking in money and, and uh, uh, Hayes seems to have a different mindset. He's just a bargain hunter. Uh, everything costs money nowadays, Brian. We all know that. You get yeah. what you pay for.
3: Yeah, it's fair point, Wally. It is a question going forward whether or not he's going to fork over that type of money. I believe that the ownership is going to force him to give Devers a contract he can't refuse. At least that's my hope, Wally, that they make him do right. that. Because he won't
9: have no chance, Brian. Right. I mean, uh, uh, we're packing the house down fairway, but people aren't going to go, you know, to see a uh, 500 team where he's trying to, you know, he's just he's always in the clearance aisle. Sometimes you have to pay. Uh, like I said, you're not going to get a, a, a Porsche or a, or a Cadillac for $15,000 anymore. You're going to have to pay.
3: Yeah, it's a fair point, While I appreciate the call, my friend. This line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. The problem is this. There's no more with Bloom and Rafael Devers. There's no more winning the negotiation if you're the Red Sox. There's no more getting him on a deal that is club-friendly. The only way you're getting Rafael Devers is if you overwhelm him this offseason because it doesn't behoove Rafi to sign a team-friendly deal. He's going to say, okay, I'll go have another top-five MVP finish because in all likelihood he finishes in the top-five this year. I'll have a top-five MVP finish. I'll hit free agency at the age of 27, and I'll get my three hundred to $350 million. That's it. Rafael Devers has that power. There is no leverage on the Red Sox side anymore. They could have had leverage earlier on in his tenure, but they chose not to go that way. Still an idiotic thing from my perspective. I don't get it. Let's get to, it would have been a perfect thing to do after you traded Mookie away and you got Alex Verdugo back and nothing else in return. That would have been the time to say, you know what, let's do something here. Let's get the Devers kid signed. Idiotic. Absolutely idiotic. No way around it. Let's get to Tom in Concord. What's up, Tom? Tommy. All right, we lost Tom. Let's get to Ty in Rhode Island. What's up, Ty? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Hey. Congrats on the new gig. Bill
10: Simmons is an absolute legend, so I'm sure you're going to be happy over there. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, just want to throw a couple questions out there for you. So, I know everyone bashes on Bloom, and don't cut me off here throwing out a couple statements, but... I won't. Bloom is, is he's, he's doing, I think, what the ownership wants, and I think... Honestly, what they need to do of revamping the the farm system. He went from you know twenty plus to eleven over a couple of years. He had a COVID year thrown in there, and he also has a he has a absolutely loaded up uh, roster of high value people. JD, I would have loved to have seen them obviously move off from JD last year if they could have, but they couldn't, and and sign Schwarber instead. The Renfro deal, obviously, it looks good on paper now of keeping Renfro, but, you know, the guy is, is, he's a hit or miss, Like he's not very great overall. Well, hold on, Ty. Let me, Ty, let
3: me that. stop you there with Renfro. So I agree with you for the most part. Like my issue with the Renfro Renfro trade is not trading away Renfro. I'm okay with that in a vacuum, right? I mean, you say, okay, let's buy a couple of prospects, basically David Hamilton and Alex Benelis. I'm fine with that. You take on more money with Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm fine with that. That's actually a big market move to buy prospects. Here's the issue though, Ty. When you make a move like that, you have to treat the big league club with respect and put a major league outfielder out in right field. And they didn't do that. That's the issue I have with the Renfro move. It's not the trade in and of itself, it's that there was no corresponding move in the outfield.
10: So do you think that the, there's no corresponding move or do you think that, that something maybe just fell through? Cuz I and, and I forget the
3: there was the, uh, the
10: guy who came. Yes. Yeah. you Suzuki, think that, like, well, I don't like, I don't know how
3: interested they really think, were. I mean Fell, I don't know how in on him they were, but I will say this, Ty, and I'm not saying that he's the best baseball player in the world or anything along those lines, but Tommy Pham came out and told the Globe he wanted to be here prior to the season. And, and bloom, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, I mean, now it's a $7 million to. contract yeah. for that guy, yeah. and you could play him every day, and then Jackie Bradley Jr. is your fourth outfielder defensive replacement. I mean, that's a move that could have been made if you were a high bloom Legitimately, the player is on record saying that. He wanted to be yeah, here. He legitimately said far. that. And then
10: and then how do you feel? I mean, obviously obviously there wasn't a, a legit first baseman. Right but you have you have Bobby Dahl back that's and, and again, for all the crap that he's taken, he's a young he's a young ish player, you know, he's twenty I think mean, he's twenty seven now, but as far as league years, he's young. He's only been in the league for a year fully. And he hit twenty five home runs last year, he hit two forty. He wasn't a he wasn't a great first baseman last year in any means, but you think you give him another year like like I would give him a little bit of a slack on that one and say, hey, let's just get the all-star break, and if anything goes bad, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll kind of okay, pull yeah, him in Ty, for- that's
3: that. I understand your point on that, and remember, basically August or the end of the season, Dahlbeck swung the bat really well. I understand where you're coming from that. Yeah. But two other th- things to that. For the rest of the season, he didn't swing the bat well, and he's been an atrocious first baseman defensively for the past two years. In fact, if you look at qualified first basements, he's last in defensive <laughs> wow. runs saved. So here's the issue. If you want to go that route and say, hey, let's give Dahl back an opportunity to play, let's say, 75 to 80% of the games. Okay, like I could even understand why he thought that may work. But the problem is this, Ty. The backup plan can't be Travis Shaw and then take Franchi Cordero at the minor league level and turn him in to a first baseman. That can't be the backup plan. That's the issue I have with the first base situation, okay? You just can't do that. That's not good enough.
10: Yeah. So, and I, and I definitely agree. There's definitely been some moves where, and, and there's definitely some moves that you, you just kind of question a little bit on it, especially the, the, if you're going to make a move, let's make another move on the other side of it to help the, the current team out. But is it, is it also a thing where like last year, you kind of made some moves mid year, you kind of rolled with what you were dealt with. And then you, you have the longer understanding that you're going to build the, the the farm system up and you're going to build for future years and you get, you're stuck. Like, Sale has this really bad contract. You got JD yep. that's ending yep. on a little bit. You have Xander that's ending in a little bit. You you want to sign Devers. There's a huge crop of players that's coming up in the free agency soon. So like and, and you want to be below the luxury tax that's hitting up on you hard right now. So like I see it from both sides a little bit and, and I know like everyone thinks like, oh, money's infinite right now with the Red Sox, they can sign whoever they want. But realistically, like no, you don't. You need you need to be able to like just let's take a year and a half of, like, let's cut it down here and just sign a couple guys like Renfro, like Schwarber at the deadline, like Fan, Like, let's get a couple of those guys. Let's just PK and fill the pieces and then just kind of settle in, build up the farm, which they have immensely – yeah, Ty, I agree with you. Look. Hey, Ty,
3: hold on. I agree with you. They've done a good job rebuilding the farm system. I would not diminish that. And you may have one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball in five years with Marcelo Mayer. I mean, that guy's flying through the minor leagues right now. The numbers are ridiculous. So I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But here's the thing is they went over the tax when they signed Story. So once you go over the tax, that's when you can add on. I mean, you've already established you're over the tax. You can add on players. Like, it, there shouldn't have been a massive hole at right field. There shouldn't have been a massive hole at first base. And the reality is this, Ty. The one reliever that he spent money on this offseason, real money, two years, $8 million, was Walkman, Jake Diekman, and he missed. I mean, so there's a lot of moves from a major league standpoint. I agree with you from an organizational standpoint. Bloom's done a lot of really nice things. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But a lot of these major league moves have been big misses. Or I should say the lack of moves have been abundantly clear, Ty. That's the issue I have with Bloom.
10: Yeah, and I, I agree. There has been definitely some misses, and I. But I think as I think when we look at it from either next year, I think this this off season is going to be the really big, big thing of exactly totally where they move yep. to. Totally so I think, agree. I think for everyone that I think for everyone that has doubts, I think they should probably ease on them. I, I still I still think that they're going to make a pretty good push here for the for the for the playoffs this year with everyone coming back and a lot of AL East teams coming up but I think I think everyone should kind of like hesitate on there they made the ALCS last year it was a covid year there before before bit. and realize that this offseason is really where that Bloom is going to shine and and really build out a team that he wants with all the money that he has available to him the way that he can build out a roster with the the correct guys not just let me blow money on guys And in the farm systems they have coming up with all the
3: players. Ty, Ty, that's the whole And And good stuff. A lot of good points. I appreciate the call, my friend. There's a a lot of good stuff in there. And here's the thing. I agree with Ty in this sense. I feel like this is the year of Bloom. this offseason. This is when we're going to find out if he's going to keep this job long-term or not because you have a lot of question marks coming up. We know JD's out of the picture. Of all these out of the picture, what are you doing with Xander Bogarts? And if you do move on from Bogarts, Are you in the market for Turner? Are you in the market for Carlos Correa if he decides to opt out? Are you waiting for Marcelo Mayer? How are you filling out that bullpen? What are you doing with Rafael Devers? This is the crossroads for Haim Bloom in his tenure here as the Red Sox head baseball executive, if you will. He has got to nail this offseason. Has to do it. No way around it. You would say last year at the trading deadline, even though Schwarber was a gift, he did a good job at the deadline, even though it took a while for Schwarber to get here. This year in the offseason, atrocious job. There's no way around that. It was piss poor. It was really front office malpractice. And then the deadline, fam's a good move. Hosmer fell in your lap. I can't give him credit for that. But overwhel- overwhelmingly, the post deadline after last year, I would not say that Hein Bloom's done a good job. So this offseason, he's got to turn things around. 617 779 the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Okay. So if you do want to weigh in on this, you certainly can in terms of high bloom and his future with the organization. Do you believe he's the right man for the job? And do you believe this team can make a run? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on EI.
6: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.